0: Welcome to Talking Shop, the podcast all about Adobe Photoshop. Brought to you by learningphotoshop.cc. Here's your host, Dave Cross. Welcome to episode 51 of the Talking Shop podcast. This week I'll be chatting with Blake Rudis, and we'll be talking about what's new in Camera Raw and how to get past being a creature of habit. Hey there, Dave Cross, back with the Photoshop Talking Shop podcast after an unintended break after I recorded episode 50. And with all the things going on, it just kind of, frankly, was hard to get motivated to talk about things like Photoshop when all the other things going on in the world health-wise and so on. But decided it was time to get back at it and was very happy when I asked Blake Rudis to join me talking about the changes that have made to Camera Raw, and also a little bit about just the fact that we are creatures of habit when we see something very new, like the new Camera Raw interface, how to get past the feeling of initial feeling of I don't like it because it's different and move on to look at the new features. So we're gonna talk about that in some detail. So let me tell you a little bit about Blake Rudis. Blake is a classically trained artist who started as a painter, transitioned into printmaking and sculpture, and finally decided to double down on his love for photography. He incorporates his knowledge of aesthetics and color theory in his photography courses and is known for his acclaimed Photoshop workflow. Throughout his teaching efforts on his site, F64 Academy, Blake has helped thousands of photographers excel in their post-processing endeavors. And the reason I particularly wanted to talk with Blake is I know that he is definitely one of the leading experts in Camera Raw and the Camera Raw workflow. So here's my chat with Blake. All right, Blake is here joining. Thanks so much for joining, Blake. I appreciate you taking the time to chat.
1: Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So
0: we were going to talk a little bit about some of the new additions to the latest version of Camera Raw, and we'll get to that shortly. But first, I wanted to kind of address an issue that came up. I was looking at a couple of blog posts and things like that, including one from Julianne Cost, who's like, you know, the top of the, the food chain when it comes to Adobe. And she had written a really, I thought, a very good blog post about some of the new features of camera raw and some of the, the why behind the changes and it was posted like probably within an hour of camera raw having come out and within an hour of that there was at least four or five or six comments going how do i get back to the old one i hate it i hate this and it was like how do how do you hate it already it's only been out for like half an hour and it, <laughs> it kind of struck me that that's an issue that that a lot of people face is when something is so different like this new version of camera raw is how do you balance between. I'm getting hung up with the interface versus let me give it a chance and see if there are features in there that I can use so what, what advice would you give to someone who's in that dilemma of I don't think I like it and but I I'm not sure.
1: I'm going to start it with a little history. So I, I've never really used Lightroom. I opened up Lightroom and I saw that it wanted me to uh, import my photos into it. And I was like, wait a second, I've got too much micromanagement in my life. I don't need this either. So I did not, I decided not to use Lightroom at all. So I I've been a strict bridge to Adobe camera Raw to Photoshop user since gosh, 2007 ish, you know, um, I saw, I think I saw Lightroom in 2006 and I was like, nah, not, not not a fan. So then I kind of built my own way of doing it. So I come with a lot of years of history behind Adobe camera roll. Um, but beyond that, I kind of say this is, I'm going to start this off with, you don't have any excuses to complain about unless you've done over 350 some odd hours worth of recording on the old (laughs) Adobe camera roll. And now I've had to go back and redo some of those videos. So <laughs> if you're just someone who's using it, man, you got it good. <laughs> uh, if you're someone like me, who's been doing tutorials on it for a very long time, uh, I'm having quite a bit of difficulty. And I'll be honest with you. When at first, when I first opened it, I said, no, 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 no. I was screaming. <laughs> I was like, I, I probably made up words that no one's heard before because of the amount of work I saw ahead of me. But then I embraced it. And it's kind of like this. It's like you know, my first car that I got when I was a kid was a, was a Plymouth Acclaim and it was a 19, like 91 Plymouth Acclaim that was handed down from my brothers to my, to, from my brother, to my sister. And then to me, it had nothing in it. I mean, we, I think it had a cassette player, maybe air conditioning if I was lucky. So my, my analogy here is that that is exactly what Adobe camera Roll has been in the past. I mean, since 2006, when I started using Adobe camera Roll. Uh, I, I haven't seen any difference until 2020, maybe little tweaks here and there, but the interface, everything has been the exact same. So take that and put that into the, you know, Plymouth acclaim. Now I dri- I drive a 2020 Jeep Wrangler. And if somebody were to give me that after driving that 1991 Plymouth, I'd be like, dude, this is amazing. I mean, I can hook up my phone to it. I can, you know, I got all these amenities and these features and I can drive it wherever I want to. Well, that's what we've been given with the new Adobe Camera Raw. We've been given the keys to a brand new car that's got a fresh smell on the inside. Now, if it's a new car that we're given, we're gonna take it. We're gonna be like, yes, this is amazing. But when it's a new software program, it seems to be more personal than our vehicle. That's when people start to kind of freak out a little bit. But what I would recommend is just just embrace it. Form The form has changed, the function has not. So if if you are used to the function of the adult, old Adobe Camera Raw, It's the exact same as the new Adobe camera roll. It's just going to take you some time to go through and click through and say, okay, well optics is now what used to be the lens corrections area. Okay. All they did was change the name. Okay. We're good there. You know what I mean? So kind of go through, get the feelers and your muscles will start to memorize it as you start to experiment with it. But if you, if you don't embrace it, you're going to want to reject it. And then at that point, you're never going to connect with it. And, This is even coming from someone who's been using Adobe camera all for 15 years. You know, (laughs) did I want to see it? No. Am I happy it's there? Yes. Because I just did like an hour long recording on it for my uh, subscribers on all the new changes and how to, you know, adapt your workflow with it. And man, it's, it's amazing. And the performance updates. Oh man, I, I can't, I can't stress enough how, how much of a good job they did on it.
0: Well, I think the key, one of the key things you said right towards the end there was about the the difference in workflow. And I think that was the recurring theme that I was seeing some of the people that were kind of up in arms, whereas I have such a comfortable workflow that I'm used to. Now I've got to start all over again. It's like, well, no. do you? <laughs> I mean, as you said, you're still doing the same things. They're just in different places. So instead of clicking on tabs, so now you have twirl down menus and you know little things that are, I think, going to get take some getting used to. Of course, when it's something's new, but I think part of the the potential problem is some people are such creatures of habit that it's like they're not even willing to entertain change because they just like the way it is. You know, don't change it.
1: (laughs) I I agree. (laughs) I agree. But it's also like one of those things, like. Why would you take such a phenomenal update like that as a personal attack? You know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, Do we not have enough personal attack going on in our lives right now? That, that That's one less thing you need to worry about. You know, form and function. Yeah, form has changed. Function hasn't. My workflow has not changed at all. I just need to find where the buttons are. And you give yourself 20, 30 minutes with it with an open mind. That's the key part. You have to just say, okay, we're starting fresh. It'd be like if my if my wife wanted new cabinets in the kitchen, we would take all the stuff out of the cabinets and we would rearrange it so that that was more of a functioning kitchen. So essentially what they've done is they've just they've they've mod- they've remodeled our kitchen for us and put things back in a more efficient place. Now we just have to get used to that efficiency upgrade.
0: One of the the comments that I saw somewhere, I think it was on a, a comment on a someone's video on share it on Facebook or something but (laughs) I, I can't remember the exact wording but in effect they said This is just another example of how Adobe messes with us, thanks to Creative Cloud. I was (laughs) like, okay.
1: (laughs) Oh, God.
0: How dare they (laughs) add new features and functions that are going to make our lives easier? (laughs) Uh, I got to say, like, so we'll start to gradually transition here into some of the new features. But one of the ones that right away I was just like, oh, that is really cool is now as you work in different areas, the little eye icon. Indicates you have done something there, whereas right. in the previously, if you had to go back, you'd literally have to go through each tab and go. I can't remember. Did I change this? Did I change the, this tab? Did I change the you know the the color, whatever it is? This way, it's showing you, and you can turn it on and off to see what you've done. I mean, that one thing alone, I was like, wow, that is a significant improvement because I know I have a habit of going back and looking at things I've done three years ago and kind of stare
1: out and go hmm
0: how the heck did i do that
1: <laughs> right and you know like i know we're gonna be shifting on new features but one of the coolest new things that they've done is they've taken the the targeted adjustment tool away from a tool and put it in with the hsl adjustment so i used to tell people in my videos like well you can't really know what color this is but when you start moving this color you'll see but now since the targeted adjustment tool is in both a or all three hs and l as you click it tells you what color you're clicking on and you can make that adjustment and it even grabs you know local colors too which man like i never used the selective color or the um the target adjustment tool very much in the past because it was tucked away at the top of the tools and i just never you know took the time to do it because you're talking about workflow steps and 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 the uh the efficiency of movement you would have to go from you know the right hand side of the pane up to the top of the, of the screen and then click the selective or the target adjustment tool and then get your selected color and you know that to me was just a waste of of workflow now with it being locked into those hsls i mean man that that alone is a phenomenal uh feature that they've given us if you really take the time to explore those tools and you know i think you know the biggest thing you can do is just open something up and move it around you're not going to destroy anything. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like we don't live in the darkroom days where I used to sit there with my, you know, my film and my paper and then make a print. And then after three hours be like, crap, that's underexposed. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we don't do that anymore. This is so easy. There's no Mm -hmm. reason for us to be up in arms when we got such great things like that.
0: The one thing I would say is every so often, and and you know, I have great respect for a lot of the decisions Adobe makes, but every so often some of the wording they choose. So for example, if it was me, and I, I feel the same way as you do, I looked at Lightroom early on and kind of went, eh. So to almost promote the fact that, hey, look, ACR now looks more like Lightroom. I don't know that that's necessarily a good way to approach it because there, I think a lot of, Camera Raw users are using it for the exact reason that they aren't big fans of Lightroom. So to market it as car and make that as one of the, hey, look, it, it looks and feels just like Lightroom. Some people I think subconsciously are going, oh, but I don't really like Lightroom. So therefore, I'm not gonna like this either. And it's like, just just take Lightroom out of the equation. If you don't use Lightroom, just look at it from a standpoint of efficiency the way it is now for most people, given some time is gonna be more efficient.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I, I was, I have a, a developer that I used to work with my panels and when we were making one of our newer panels, they were for Photoshop, the little extensions that pop out, they're like, you know, we can make it look like Lightroom. I was like, absolutely not. Don't do it because <laughs> you know, like, I'm not one of those people who's ever really enjoyed the look of Lightroom, but now I'm, I'm embracing the efficiency of it. You know, i there's things about the new camera roll that, of, of course, I'm going to have to take some getting used to, but it's it's one of those things that's just going to come with time. And, you know, I think what's cool about it is that when I do uh, you know, talk to people about how they can do the same thing that they do in um, Adobe camera Raw, and they can do the same thing in Lightroom because the engines are the same, it's a lot easier to speak to that, though. So like mm-hmm. in all my tutorials. Um, on my premium tutorials or whatever, I never use Lightroom. So I get questions from people that say, how would I do this in Lightroom? And I say the same way you do in Adobe Camera Roll, they're just in different places. Well, now, since they look similar, it's gonna be easy for someone to look at my Adobe Camera Roll tutorials and port that over to Lightroom and vice versa. So that I think is a really good thing for the education world, uh, for us as educators, that's a phenomenal thing that's happened.
0: So let's take a moment to to address someone who is, maybe launched the new ACR once or twice and is still at that phase of, ah, it's so different. I don't know what to do. What would you say to someone to say, here's a good starting point to kind of get used to or something that can be, they'll see as a big advantage right away versus the the previous interface.
1: I'd say, you know, my, my first initial response to that is more of the meta level. And I said it before, but the open-minded part, that's critical. Our mindset is everything or I've seen this when I'm on photography workshops and people go to a location and like they're like, Blake, why did you take us here? There's nothing to shoot here. I'm like, it's because you're not looking hard enough. You know, there's, there's definitely a reason here. But the moment you shut that off and say there's nothing here for me, there's not going to be anything here for you. So the same thing you have to do with any of these programs that you that you pick up. You have to go into it with an open mind. You have to stop saying to yourself, well, this doesn't look like this program that I love, or this doesn't look like Capture One, or this doesn't look like On One, or this doesn't look, there's a reason why they're different. So the first thing, first and foremost, is go in there with a clear mental state to say, I'm gonna accept this for what it is. And if it works for me, great. If it doesn't, okay, then move on. Um, And then, you know, stay with the Lightroom path or whatever that might be, or revert to the old one. But I think that's kind of silly. Um, so then now on the actual like uh, practical application level of what can you do? The first thing that I would do is I would start off by by not moving any sliders at all. So don't move any sliders, don't make any adjustments. Um, just understand that there's you know local tools and global tools. So in one of the new courses that I just created, I split Adobe Camper all down into the global tools and the local tools, and those are in two completely different tutorials. Um. So find out what, what a global thing is. And a global thing is anything that's going to edit your image as a whole. So like your exposure slider that moves the whole image, you know, in the basic settings and then move into those local tools and then kind of, kind of discern the global tools from the local tools. And then as you click through everything, just click through everything, you know, that every time I'm, I'm starting to learn a new program, I don't make any adjustments to my photo. I don't want to know what it's going to do to my photo until I've learned where the tools are set up. It would be kind of like a surgeon that goes in, you know, that doesn't have the tools set up the way that they're used to. They wouldn't just dive right in and start working on me. I would hope not. <laughs> because, you would hope. You know, I would hope that they knew where the tools were from the intern or whatever that's, you know, setting up their palette or whatever that might be, or the nurse or whatever that might be. I don't know anything about doctors or anything, but that's kind of the same analogy is that the tools are being, are the, all the same tools are there. You just need to get familiar with those tools before you start working. Or you're not going to be very happy with it. So that's, that's what I did. I took, I took about, I would say I only took about maybe 15 or 20 minutes when I first opened it just to click around, click around, click around. And then I said, okay, well, my brain just remapped everything that I had for the old Adobe camera Raw to the new Adobe camera Raw just by making a pattern and pattern behavior kind of assessment, you know, and that's really what it, what it's all about. Once you map those patterns, the workflow is going to come natural again.
0: Yeah. So it, here's another example of someone that I saw commented that was like, I opened the new camera and right away I'm like, oh, geez, the the film strips at the bottom. And I'm like, yeah, but I bet if you clicked on it, you would see, oh, look, there's an option to put it in the side where you're used to. Yeah. So it's like, get you know, get past that initial, oh, the tools are on the side instead of the top
1: okay exactly <laughs> so now you know that well it, <laughs> it's like <laughs> and the really cool part about it is that what i think if you really look deep into what that has now offered moving the film strip to the left hand side and then taking the tools from the top and putting them on the right hand side is actually giving you more viewing space for your photos so as i'm editing my images i'm realizing that i've got more real estate for for what the photo is rather than the old adobe camera where i kept having to zoom into things all the time so that's one thing that you're not even going to realize is happening right off the bat until you start really thinking about the differences between the ACRs. One of the, my biggest problems with the old Adobe Camera Raw was not having a really good visual display on the image that I'm editing, uh, whereas now it's it's opened up. Even though it's only like, you know, maybe one or two inches on each side, it's enough for me to to really see more of my photo. So that's actually a good thing, you know, that that simple thing, and and that's part of remapping it, you know, remapping it and then looking at the pros and cons. Sure, there's cons to the new the new Adobe Camera Raw, but I would say that the pros far, far outweigh the cons. And
0: I think one of the things that you said there, which I would reemphasize based on some of the comments that I saw, there were things like I have a set workflow and I want it to jump in and start editing and I can't. And well, that's the problem. You're trying to jump in and start editing where you need to spend that Little bit of time in investing in exploring and saying, okay, this is different. Where what's where did that go? Oh, it's in this area, this location now. You know, and then once you've done that, I think most people will find they'll able be able to adapt whatever their previous workflow was because, and and it's like when I talk to people about learning uh, keyboard shortcuts in Photoshop that initially it's gonna slow you down because you're gonna to have to keep going back and going, what is that shortcut again? And look under the menu and then press the shortcut. So initially it actually slows you down before it helps you become more efficient. And I think it's the same thing here is initially you're gonna go, oh, yep, So oh, tools are over there now. So that that takes that extra moment. But then as you mentioned, muscle memory will start to kick in and and you'll, or you'll, say, oh, look, most of these things have keyboard shortcuts I can press. So I don't even have to worry about whether it's on the top or on the side.
1: Right. And, you know, one of the things that I, I just did this huge course, this huge Photoshop course, and uh, there was about nine videos in there where Adobe Camera Raw was there. And I, ju- I mean, I just finished releasing it and I, was, I told everyone I'm going to update this as things happen. I finished that on Tuesday. That was the end of the whole like launch cycle for the new course. Wednesday, this updated and. I'm general public, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not like an Adobe, um, I don't know, beta tester or somebody that's on nobody from Adobe says, Hey Blake, you know, thanks for doing these tutorials for us. You might want to get this heads up. I don't get that. I'm, I'm, you know, I am just as much general public as everyone else is. And I was actually talking to Matt Glaskowski on the phone and he was like, Hey man, you, you might want to update Adobe camera raw. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I, you know, just, just do it and call me back. And I was like, oh no, oh no. So, you know, I spent, what I, I say that because I had to redo all of my videos for that course and do it in a timely manner. So I took the whole day Thursday, took about 17 hours to re-edit and redo all those videos. So I spent a good 17 hours in Adobe Camera Raw, and I would say now it's just as natural as the old one was for me. So, you know, just taking that time to go through, um, and, and take a photo. I would say, take a photo that you've already edited and then go through with, with the new Adobe camera roll to kind of get a feel for it. That way you're not bringing something new in. Cause if you bring in a new photo with a new experience and it's a experience that you're not willing to accept, then it's, it's going to be a struggle, but you know, you you just spend the time with it. And it might seem like, oh, seven, that's 17 hours I don't have. I guarantee you have 17 hours. You know, most people spend 17 hours binge watching Netflix in a week. You you can do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think its it goes back to that whole just get
0: past the fact that it's different. Let, i I know we're creatures of habit as humans, and we want the path of least resistance. But in some cases, to get to that path, you have to climb over a couple of hurdles first before the path opens up and you're like oh okay maybe this is easier and I think a lot of it again comes down to people don't like change or try to jump in and start editing without taking the time to to look really explore it a little further and see what's there Mm
1: -hmm. for sure
0: all right we're going to continue this chat with Blake but first It's time for the tip of the week. This week's tip is for camera raw. If you want to temporarily hide the film strip, just press the forward slash key. And that's like a toggle of the film strip visibility. So a simple way to hide and show the film strip to give yourself more editing room. With short tutorials, in-depth multi-lesson courses, and live Q&A sessions, learningphotoshop.cc provides the Photoshop training you need to succeed. All right, let's start to dive in a little deeper to some of the main improvements that you would see. I mean, obviously, there are changes that things are called, like the, the like, let me think, the transform commands are now called geometry and, you know, things like that that are just sort of wording of things, but what are some of the main things that you found that you think are going to be the most significant improvements for people when it comes to their ability to edit in in ACR?
1: So over the years, I've I've developed a workflow that goes tone, color, artistic effects. And the idea behind that is that your tones technically perfect, if you want to call it that, then your colors accurate to what they were when you were there. And then you go into the artistic effect phase. So for a long time for me, Adobe Camera Raw was just basically a minimal tone and minimal color place that I would do my adjustments and then I would jump into Photoshop and I would do the rest. But what I'm finding is that a lot of my workflow is shifting and changing because what I'm able to do at the raw level is just absolutely incredible. Especially, you know, I talk about color theory a lot and I I, I really enjoy color theory and teaching color theory. So one of the things that that I teach my students is when you're going through your tone and your color process there's not a whole lot you can do at the adobe camera raw level that was from the past the new color stuff that they've added in there from a color theorist perspective is unbelievable i mean it's absolutely incredible um and case in point is we already talked about the targeted adjustment tool that they threw in the hsl adjustment but there's a drop down in there now where you can change to just individual color so let's say you look at the color orange you now have the H S and L for just the color orange. Instead of having to go through the H S and L adjustment and then find the color orange, you now have a really efficient place where you can say, "Well, this image is predominantly blue and green." Okay, well, let me just go to the blues and greens, shift those colors, bing bang boom, I'm good to go. You know, um, that that's in, that's incredible. <laughs> you know, that's something that's so simple. It seems that even Adobe is probably like, well, would anybody use this? Yes, we will. Okay, thank you. <laughs> it seems minimal, uh, but that's a huge thing because a lot of times we don't have every single color in our image and we only have maybe one or two that are predominantly present there. And to further go along with that, that color is the hue shifting that you can do now at the local level in your brushes, your graduated filter, and your radial filter, which we've all been out to a sunset before and we've all taken a great photo of a sunset. Uh, The problem is, is that our cameras can only capture one instance of dynamic range at any given time and one instance of white balance at any given time. But our brain has the ability to process multiple of both of those. And that's why we have to process our images anyway. So having that at the local level, you can now drop that graduated filter, shift the hue a little bit. And you've got, you know, not just really good white balance correction, but also probably more accurate. And even getting into the artistic expression now of your color shifting at the raw level. Before you start to go into Photoshop, holy crap. I mean, you know, I could keep going on about the color stuff. You mix that in with like something that nobody ever uses as a calibration tab. Holy crap. I mean, the color possibilities at the raw level just are absolutely blowing my mind and and shifting my workflow a lot. So I can get a lot of the heavy lifting done at the uh, raw level so that when I go into Photoshop, my life is just that much easier. So the color stuff, the minimal color things, it seems like they were minimal are actually huge upgrades not just an update an upgrade right are two different things
0: yeah for so. sure now one thing that I, I must be honest i had never done a lot of local adjustment in camera raw and for one main reason that just used to drive me crazy is i would click on the adjustment brush and it would still be using the settings from my past photograph that i'd have to go and turn all those off to be able to now make the changes i wanted and that just became such a a hassle for me that frankly, a lot of the time I was just like, I'll just do that with adjustment layers in Photoshop. So I was absolutely thrilled to see the fact that there is an option to reset everything. So as soon as you click on that, brush it's going to if you want put everything back to zero everything out which for me the way I used it that was enough to make me actually consider using that tool now compared to before every time I go oh I don't want that exposure this time (laughs) right for for me that was a big one
1: well and you know there I've heard a lot of gripes in that category too about not being able to do the plus or minus buttons on the left to right hand side but now there's a reset button you know which is I think better because a lot of times I would just you know, I'd, I'd kind of just pick any random tool to go plus or minus on just to get my paintbrush set up. And then I'd have to go and reset them anyway. Well, now you got the reset button and you can just reset whatever your settings were, all of them, and just start fresh and paint where you want to and then and then modify it. So I, I agree with you 100% on that one, going from tool to tool and having the ability for that to reset. Because I, I don't really use presets a whole lot. I really don't use preset brushes a whole lot. I I pretty much do everything on a one to one image basis when it comes to my local stuff. So I'm right on there with you on that one. <laughs>
0: um, now what it, what was your opinion on? because there I know there's a couple of options for the way all the the panels are now and just sort of that long list uh, of either doing a single panel mode. like does that the way you work is like focusing on one panel at a time or do you have typically
1: have more than one open? I'm typically the the single panel camp. I like to compartmentalize my workflows, and I like to look at what, whatever it is I'm looking at. Uh, so I I have it set up for the single pane one. So um, just as you click, you know the other ones close down. That just kind of that tells me okay this one's done and moving on. And now with those eyeballs there showing me where I've been, I don't really need to have everything open because I have a quick reference as to what's been done. So I think that's a that's an awesome feature. Just the, the fact that we can see exactly what we've done and compartmentalize that workflow into one space at a time is I think that's critical for efficiency because it's kind of like if I if I'm walking down the street and there's one restaurant that's a pretty easy uh, decision for me I'm going to eat there if I'm hungry but if I'm walking down the street and there's 50 restaurants now I've got to choose what what style of food I want you know what I mean so mm-hmm. it's it's easier to, to, to just say okay this is what you're going to do and this is where you are
0: yeah now you mentioned the eye icons that's to me is a, one of the also, one of the most significant changes, instead of having to guess or try to remember what you've already adjusted, there's an indicator right there. And instead of having, you know, to go to a before and after all over the place, now you're just clicking on and off those eye icons to see, oh, yeah, that's what it looked like before I did this adjustment. I think that that's something people are going to get used to very quickly.
1: Oh, Yeah. I got used to it pretty quick, especially even now with the tools, they put that little teeny tiny little mm-hmm. dot there. So like you always know what you've done and that's, that's awesome. Especially, you know, I I talk about there's two different camps here. There's the person that's just using it and then there's the educator. So like coming from it, from an education standpoint, that really helps, um, the, the, the education process because I know where I've been, what I've done, mm-hmm. and it's easy for me to explain that stuff out to at the end of a tutorial or something I'm like okay here we've done the basic adjustments and then we've done this this and this I used to have to write all that stuff down and like put on a sticky right. note and then you know, so like <laughs> you know the efficiency <laughs> things not just from a, a workflow level but also from a tutorial and educators level I think is is great and the one one thing that I must
0: say I was a little surprised at so I I don't do a lot of work in things like Panos or HDR, but I've obviously done a little bit and have certainly done tutorials and I was used to opening several images and then seeing a little menu right above the film strip where I'd pull down and choose, you know, HDR or whatever. And I'm looking like, oh, there's no menu. Where is that? And it's like, I don't know that I necessarily would have thought to right click. You know, to me, that's in that's not a traditional Adobe interface. I mean, you can right click in a lot of places in Photoshop, but it's almost like an additional option it's not like this is it (laughs) if you want to this option this is what you have to do and so that probably might be worth mentioning to people too is there's a couple of places where that it happens where a menu you might be used to looking for is now just oh you just Just right click on that general vicinity i'm like hmm okay
1: (laughs) yeah and i think from a pc perspective we're so used to right clicking being like second nature to the left click and actually sometimes being even more powerful than the left click because that's where you get your options from so I actually never use that dropdown. So when people were asking me, hey, where's that merge to HDR thing? I'm like, it's in the same place it's always been. What are you talking about? <laughs> so Because I've always been used to just selecting the three or five images that I want. Right click, merge to HDR Pro or whatever that is. And then mm-hmm. boom, I'm done. What I would love to see is the ability to batch merge to HDR. So like mm-hmm. I just got back from the Badlands and I've got you know, several instances of photos where, and this is my workflow with that when I'm doing an HDR workflow is I bring in all the HDR bracketed images and then I select them three at a time, right click merge HDR pro select the next thing, merge HDR pro select the next thing, merge HDR pro. And then I take all the raw files and I put those, the, the ones that made the HDR image into a folder that way in bridge, I'm only left with the DNG files that are the HDR ones, which makes it easier for me to make my editing process. So just like the old school days of Photomatix, you know, I was using Photomatix to do my HR stuff seven years ago. So easy. I could just set it up to batch process, go get a cup of coffee, come back down and all my images would be ready to go in TIFF form, you know. So I would really love if Adobe could. This is a good hint. If anybody from Adobe watches this to say, hey, let's let's put some kind of engine in there, you know, or if they've got three brackets, you know, and they've got it set up the right way, then it's pretty simple. You know, and that was the same Mm -hmm. way with Photomatix that you had to set the folder up the right way. But once you set that folder up and said, okay, for every three images, that's the HDR, merge those. For every three images, that's the HDR, merge those. Then if you didn't do that right though, you'd have these crazy ghosted, nasty looking things. (laughs) (laughs) But that would be an awesome feature if they had like a a batch processing for HDR, batch processing for Pano, so.
0: Now you mentioned before that you don't really use presets a whole lot. Mm -hmm. I noticed one of the new features is the ability to copy. I think this is new because this is not something I've done in raw before, but I believe it's new to be able to copy and paste settings. I don't think that was an easy thing to do before. Is that something that instead of working with presets that you might do if you had several images of a similar nature?
1: Yeah, I tend to use snapshots a lot for that too. So if I've got one image that I'm working on from, you know, let's say uh, I, I just went there, the Badlands or whatever, I'll open one of those photos and I'll edit it. And then I might make a snapshot of it. That way I've always got that data in the snapshot. So if I make any changes or corrections, then I can always refer back to my snapshot. And then again, it, to me, it's always been second nature too, to select multiple images. So you start with the one that you want, select multiple images, right-click, sync settings. I've I've been doing that since day one mm-hmm. with Adobe Camera Raw. So um, I've always seen that as kind of second nature too, just because of the right-clicking function of things. So... I haven't really seen any difference in okay. that for me in my workflow.
0: I guess that's a, an indication of me being a longtime Mac user is that the right click is still, it's funny because in Photoshop, I do it quite often. I don't know why I never really got in the habit of doing it in, in camera raw when it should be a, right. very similar, but I'm one of those, where did that menu go on the Mac? Sort of thing, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, everything's a right click on a PC and then the left click just does the action, you know, so it's, it, you know, it's one of the things that I think we just kind of do as PC users, but we're also kind of an anomaly in the world of photo editing, uh, the PC user versus the, maybe not so much anymore. Mm-hmm. but definitely were in the past. When I was in college back in, you know, 2002, I'd be working on Photoshop on my PC and everyone there would chastise me and ridicule <laughs> me because they were all Mac users. And I'm like, it's great that you can afford one. I'm a college kid.
0: <laughs> well, and I remember those days as well. And I used to say, you know, once you're in the software, at least after a a few versions of Photoshop took a while, but eventually they were, they were the same. I mean, I Mm -hmm. I used to have my own training center in Canada and I had uh, at the time they, what were considered pretty high powered Macintoshes, which today people would laugh at their power, but they were powerful enough that I could run windows. So when people came in for a course, on Photoshop, I'd say, would you prefer to learn on a Mac or on Windows? Because I know that for some Windows users, trying to learn on a Macintosh is just enough to freak them out because it's called, you know, Option instead of Alt or whatever. Right. Um, and that worked f- for several years really well because at that point, you're just okay, you're in the program. Then it's it's the same. You know, it, it's just okay. We are using this, you know, Option or Alt, Command, Control kind of thing. But otherwise, there weren't any any big differences. Um, so. If you were kind of summing up, we've talked a little bit about how people can get past their creature of habit thing, just to sort of sum up that area, what would you say was a, a strategy that someone could use to just to get to feel more comfortable and start to adapt whatever they're used to doing in Camera Raw into this new
1: version? I'd say, you know, really it's just that pattern recognition and understanding that the, the your workflow far as workflow as far as moving what you used to do and doing what you used to do hasn't changed they've just moved things around a little bit and even not really that much you know the 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 shock factor of opening it up is one thing but when you really dive deep in there it hasn't hasn't really changed they've just turned it from a you know a a linear approach i guess well they've turned it from basically a Mm -hmm. you know horizontal approach to a vertical linear approach but really um just get in there and experiment and within an hour of doing that that's even i think that's even a good grace period within an hour of doing that you'll be fine i think the initial shock factor is like (laughs) i don't like this i don't want it i don't like this i don't want it you know but if you get over that and you just hop in there for an hour and just and don't do anything Mm -hmm. just click around and see what's new that one hour is going to benefit you a lot in the long run. Cause you're going to see all the new features that are so beneficial to your workflow that, that whole discussion of, well, this isn't what I used to do. That's the thing in the past, you know, I'm um, I'm in the air force national guard. And, you know, a lot of times we hear the, the, the term, um, well, that's not how, or, oh, that's the way we've always done it, you know? And that is the biggest killer to innovation that I can, I've ever heard is, well, that's the way we've always done it. So that's why we're doing it that way. Has no one challenged that? You know, it has no one challenged that 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 the workflow that we were doing in Adobe Camera might have been the worst, but we got mm-hmm. used to doing it the worst way, and now there's a, a way that it's been innovated upon, and it's going to take some time to get used to, but the benefits on the on the back end are going to far outweigh um, your your frustration right now easily. I can guarantee that.
0: And I think one of the things you said there that that was a, a really important thing for me to reiterate is, don't do it. First of all, don't do it when you have a deadline. Like that's not the time to experiment, but also open a photograph that you're okay with not trying to make it look perfect. Just use it as your experimental image where you'll see what happens if I poke around and try things because you don't have a— your only goal is to explore raw. It's not to fix the photograph or to make it look beautiful. It's just have a photograph so you can spend the time poking around and see what's different.
1: And, you know, the, I, I use the, uh, the film analogy a lot, because that's true. Um, in the film world, you know, if I wanted to experiment, I had to basically block off a good six to seven hours of time just to make an experiment. And then I'd, I'd have to take whatever I learned from that experiment and use it in my final print. So one final print, just one print, might have taken me 10 to 12 hours to create at the end of the day. And now, you know, taking one hour, just to, affi- just to get affiliated with the, pro, it, like, it's, the the cost, the the time cost that you're going to have to do that is far less than anything you'd have to do in the past. It's kind of like what I talk about dodging and burning. If you're not dodging and burning, now you're silly because if you ever had to dodge and burn under an enlarger, you'd want to rip every hair out of your own head and then the hair out of the, <laughs> the other person's head in the same time. You know, like, it was not fun. Now we can do it in two seconds. If we don't like it, cancel, we're done. Right. You know what I mean? that cancel button is great for you because you're not gonna do anything destructive. You know, I used to print stuff out and then have to, I would use like these uh, oil-based paints that you could use on film paper. And if I made one simple mistake by doing that oil paint color stuff on my black and white images, I'd have to make another print and start (laughs) over, you know? (laughs) So, you know, your time cost of what then and now, because a lot of people don't realize that too, going from the analog world to the digital world, is that everything is much faster now. The least we can do is is give this program a chance so that we can get used to it with our workflow. I think that's the least we can do. For sure.
0: So if someone wanted to check out some of the videos and education you have on camera raw, et cetera, what's the best place for them to find that?
1: The best place to find me is www.f64academy.com. And that's where I do a lot of my free stuff. All my free tutorials are there. And if you want to take a deeper dive into some more things, uh, you can either email me or there's many different avenues to take a deeper dive into stuff on my website. But I'm very uh, much uh, akin to answering email pretty much all day long. So I'm, <laughs> I make myself very open to people. So if you want to email me just at Blake at F64academy.com, I'd love to talk to you, too.
0: Awesome. Well, Blake, thanks so much uh, for taking the time. I think that hopefully this has helped people who are in that stage of I'm trying to get past the the new look and and get them excited about some of the possibilities of what they can do with the new camera raw.
1: I hope so. You know, an open mind can go a long way in every aspect of life. So if just an open mind to this Adobe camera raw thing is one step closer to an open mind and everything else, man, it it's great. You, you can't go wrong. Awesome. Thanks again so much. Yeah, I appreciate you having me here, Dave. It's, it's been awesome.
0: So I think that was awesome. I think Blake had some great ideas about the idea of just having an open mind and spending a bit of time getting used to things before you jump in and start trying to emulate the same workflow you had in the previous version of Camera Raw. Be sure to check out Blake's site because I know he has some really exceptional training on Camera Raw and photography workflows. Well, that's it for this time. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. please subscribe and tell your Photoshop using friends. Find us at talkingshop.show.
1: This podcast is not authorized, endorsed, or sponsored by Adobe, publisher of Photoshop.